0: the GPL podcast it's been a a little while since we've had a show since the team's been on a break for quite a while but we are back and before we get started with our guest we need to know Vigo what car are you in tonight I'm inside it's definitely way too cold too cold for you no podcasting from the car huh exactly (laughs) well I I close on my house at the
1: end of the month so I hope the little one uh,
0: I hope the little one stays quiet for you yeah he might He's getting
1: better at sleeping. He's getting that gene. How old is he now? 15 months. Oh,
0: boy. Oh, that's chasing everywhere. Oh, boy. I remember those days. (laughs) It keeps you going. Well, we have a special guest on this evening. Uh, You may recognize him from Channel 11, and he is a sports guy. But more important to us, he's a hockey guy. Dave Schwartz nice to have you with us
2: it's a pleasure to be with you guys how are you
0: we are doing well you know i i've seen you on the scene for the last few years and i've noticed you're a hockey guy
2: i am yeah I'm and there,
0: there's not too many hockey guys in the media you know we we got a little bit on jeff Dubay, and he obviously had his troubles but uh <laughs> it's nice to have someone who uh seems to really kind of support and have love for hockey uh wh- where do you get this love? Where are you from? Give us some uh, little feedback on, on your story.
2: Yeah, you know, I grew up playing, actually. Okay. I, grew up, uh, I grew up just outside of Albany, New York, and I started playing when I was about 10 years old. Uh, played all the way up through uh, juniors in college, um, and then finally realized that it was either uh, chase a dream of hockey or actually get a job <laughs> and uh, go with something that would actually pay me, because I, I just didn't see hockey doing that, so... Um uh, I I had a uh, fun time played juniors in um, Western New York for a couple years and then decided that uh it was time to give it up and I actually called hockey games for the next 3 years at college and and got into journalism and uh hockey's always had a soft spot uh for me I just uh, you know talking with hockey guys just seems a little easier uh, <laughs> We're a different hockey. breed <laughs> Yeah it's just you know you, I think we all speak each other's language a little bit better and I've certainly found that out
0: and uh, you spent some time in Bemidji, so you were you, you were subjected to uh, college hockey uh, fairly early.
2: The first coach I ever got to cover was Tom Saratori, and I, if you guys oh. have ever interacted with him, mm-hmm. he is so entertaining. Gosh, he's entertaining, <laughs> and he was a great guy, really good guy to learn from, very patient for young journalists because they have a small television station up there but i would have a standing date with him every single week i think i believe it was mondays and he was always there and boy if he was 5 minutes late he'd apologize and we always did our interview uh, he was great i, I sure uh, i owe a lot to that guy
0: well we're glad to have you as part of the hockey community cuz like i said uh, hockey is kind of uh it's put on the back pack burner for a lot of a lot of media coverage here in the cities um, but it's nice to have you on board. I tell you,
2: which always amazes me. It always amazes me how uh, how that <laughs> is when when so yeah. many people in the state love the game like they do.
0: Uh, <laughs> I would agree. You know, you're definitely preaching to the choir here. You know, <laughs> it just seems like some of the top sports guys are either football or basketball guys, and that you know, and that's just kind of the way it is. Even some of the big writers, you know, of the newspapers, you know, they're basketball, football. I mean, that's just it's kind of the Although way I, it is.
2: I will say, and I'll, and I'll put a plug out there for Mike Russo because he is honestly yes. one of the best writers of any sports out there. Uh, he is the best hockey writer, uh, I think in the, in the nation for any level. And I, I am a friend we're friends too, but I think he's, we have a great writer in him.
0: Well, you have recently become a hockey writer too. Haven't you?
2: I have, I've done a little writing. I do I'm doing some writing now for uh, Minnesota hockey magazine. Thank you for letting me plug them.
0: Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. I, I've, done a little bit of writing in the past but nothing nothing like this and it's fun to be able to you know it's always fun to explore a little different medium you know tv is tv and uh but it's fun to branch out and do some other things too
0: it definitely is definitely is well boys uh we've had a month off and here we are just had the Mariucci classic uh probably not going the way we thought it would hammy but uh Nonetheless, a tie and a win, but uh, everyone's going to think of that tie as a loss because, yet again, another shootout loss for the Gophers.
3: Yeah, you know, it's always kind of fun watching people overreact to one game. I think <laughs> GPL, GPL was pretty much in meltdown mode after that game. I mean, everybody, you'd think that it was actually, what, like middle of March or something as opposed to – beginning of January so yeah I mean it's a little bit of an overreaction but uh, we didn't get the one versus two matchup that was the only real disappointment of the you know major disappointment of the weekend but uh, I don't really see what people can expect the team was almost off for an entire month and you know even if you're practicing you're still going to be a little bit rusty so I it wasn't a huge shock to me that that game didn't go entirely smoothly
0: Viggs, I'm guessing the Big Ten network was not happy about the Gophers not making it to the championship game because they came in specifically for that reason. You know they weren't gonna come in just for RPI.
1: Yeah, I think it was a little bit of a surprise to everyone. And then to see uh Colgate beat Ferris State in the you know the championship game that was played at four o'clock was also very surprising. So I think people, you know, underestimated Colgate quite a bit. Um I know Colgate probably gave Minnesota too much respect in the opening five minutes of the game on Friday night, and then they recovered really quickly. And after that, you know, they probably were chance for chance for the Gophers the rest of the way throughout the game.
0: Now, Dave, as a guy in television, (laughs) how mad do you think those guys at Big Ten Network were that they did not get their matchup? I mean, you got these guys driving in or coming in from all over the place. They could not be happy about that.
2: I can tell you, this probably has to be the first time in a long time that a championship game has been played at four o'clock, <laughs> and, that, and that they put the th- you know the third place game to seven, which obviously that's what everyone, yeah, with the, to see. yeah, with the TV but, and everything, yeah, and the crowd. You know, I mean, that's that's the way it goes. That's that's a risk you take when you when you pick up these tournaments, and you know, I, I'm sure that they were a, a little annoyed that they're uh but honestly I, you know i don't know they still get the big audience at the at seven o'clock to watch yeah. the gophers so whether it's a championship game or a consolation game to them they they still get the numbers so i don't know how much it would annoy them other than the fact that if you're the broadcasters and the championship game it's the four o'clock game and you know big deal uh i think they were probably all right with it they still got the numbers they needed yeah they definitely did i mean one thing
0: about gopher hockey it's always been is that uh, if they're on TV, people are watching. And we've seen it in the past, you know, whatever it was, it was Midwest Sports Channel or Fox Sports. Um, they get good numbers for Gopher for Hockey, which is just the one unique thing about this market that you
2: don't see in other areas. And on the plus side, it gave, what, a couple out, more hours for uh, Lucia to get back in time from Sweden? Well, he, <laughs> and re- and really yeah, that was a little Fox disappointing, I think.
0: Get- I think he would have rather not been at the game.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, unless he really wanted to give him a talking to after the Friday night game.
0: Well, uh, I'm guessing that, uh, old Gensel was not happy Friday night. Uh, Could have been. uh, hammy Owen three in the shootout. What is the
3: deal? Yeah. I mean, it's a little surprising considering the Gophers usually are probably one of the more skilled mm-hmm. teams in college hockey and, uh, certainly a lot of these guys coming from juniors, it's not like they're coming right from high school where there are no shootouts. They're coming a lot of them from junior hockey. And so they have plenty of experience in that kind of a situation. So it's a little bit surprising. I don't know if it's just uh, I think, what did I see that they practice it once a week? I mean, I don't know what it is. And, and, you know, granted, it hasn't really been a huge factor thus far in terms of big 10, which is where it only really matters in the grand scheme um, and big 10 conference play. But um, it is a little surprising. I don't know if they need to change up who they have shooting early on or what, but uh, it certainly is an uh, interesting situation. And the biggest concern,
0: Vigo, I have is that, uh, you know, they might get in their heads. You know, 0-3, we keep losing these shootouts, and now it's going to count for a lot more in these Big Ten matchups.
1: Yeah, I think Kyle Rao was one of the guys who was more frustrated than anyone. You know he's a skilled guy, and he's a guy who expects to score. And I think he got his first shootout goal in you know the three three attempts he's, he's had. And it's, it's not that these guys aren't skilled; it's just you know it's a different animal than a, you know breakaway in a game. And so I I thought coming into the year that Wilcox always seems to bail out his team when when they give up two on ones and breakaways, and he hasn't looked very good in the shootouts either. So you know maybe it's just getting in their heads a little bit. Maybe the fact that they're only doing it once a week. Uh, maybe the coaches should start putting something on the line, you know, putting three guys against three guys and having some conditioning to the losers or something, but you know they've got to change something up so so the guys are either a little looser or a little more experienced at it.
0: Well, obviously, Colgate goes on uh, wins the shootout, goes on, defeats Ferris, you know pretty handily, and then following that, uh the gophers beat r i p or RPI RIP, yeah, that's who it is. Yeah, RPI. R-I-P them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're dead. Um, they beat them six to two, but uh, it was a little closer that, for a while there, Hammy. And there was a crucial part of that game where uh, Lucia had been saying all game that there's been a lot of interference on the face offs, and lo and behold, Marco Hunt pulls his whistle out and calls one at a critical time, right as RPI scored. And, boy, that was a big change in the game.
3: Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is it's not one of those situations where it's like the ref just raises his arm after he sees the goal. You yep. could see in that replay that the ref had yep. raised his arm, like, immediately. So, it, it, you know, it's irrelevant that the puck went in the net. I mean, he was going to call that one way or the other. So, I... I uh, I, I get where if I were a fan of um, RPI, I would be a little bit probably upset about it on one hand, but at the same time, it was pretty clear that he was going to call it. So, um, And this you comes know, you back to you,
0: um, you know, Lucia being on him the whole game about it. You know, tell him, hey, they're interfering with us. They're interfering with us. And you know by him doing that throughout the earlier parts of the game, Marco makes the call. They don't get the goal. We get the power play and score. And it was just, just a huge turnaround.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing, too, is um, yeah, I lo- what I was really happy with this weekend is I thought that the puck movement was pretty good as far as it's in the Sunday game, or, or the Saturday game, excuse me, in terms of, uh, you know, the power play, I thought was a little bit more effective. I and mean, they almost had two power play goals in that game. I, I mean, that one that, that uh, Clues scored was kind of, you know, late after the power play had just ended. So, I mean, I thought they did pretty well in that. It, the power play is improving. Um I thought they had the game pretty well in hand. I mean, I know that that play seemed like it was you know, pretty big at the time, but um, like I said, he was going to call that anyway, and so it, to me it's sort of an irrelevant point, you know, that it, it would have pulled him within one. It, he was, it was in the count. So.
1: And I think one thing is that Saratori made the extra effort to try to get around uh, LeBouf on that one, and if he doesn't do that extra effort and almost draw the call, it's, it's going to be a goal. Yep. And so I think that's, that's good effort. And I think that's probably also the coaches telling the players, Hey, you got to fight through it. Like you just can't let them wall you off from getting to the shooter. You really got to make the effort and then maybe the refs will call it. Or at least act like it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he I mean, certainly looks let him wall you off. I mean, they're not going to call that ever.
3: Yeah. Uh, looked look like, look, almost looked like he got shot on that one. So.
0: <laughs> hey, that's territory's job, isn't it? Yeah, yeah It's in his blood, I guess. Well, obviously, not the greatest weekend for the Gophers. You know, we'll we'll deal with it. It's a tie. It's a win. We now move on. We've got Penn State coming up this weekend. I don't know if we're really going to talk too much about Penn State because I don't think any of us knows a thing about them. I mean, Dave, do you know anything about Penn State hockey?
2: I can tell you, they're not very good. Yeah, uh, that's I mean, pretty they, much what everyone says. Which is which is what we are. Which is what we all know. They give up a lot of goals. They don't score a whole lot. Um, you know they're they're zero two in the Big Ten in a Big Ten where, uh, granted, you have a you know the top three are pretty good the bottom three obviously a lot less but yeah I mean I don't know a ton about Penn State other than the fact that they're they're starting things up they're trying to get going from the ground up and uh, you know it's tough to compete at a big school like that especially when you got big time football like they have big time I mean you could you know there's yep. even been times where basketball's been. Been big over there, and you know, to start up a program and get the support you need to really get it off the ground, it's hard. I mean, it's it's very difficult.
0: Well, the fans have been showing up, so that's a good thing. I don't know if the Gophers are going to be prepared for that because it sounds like Vigo that they have quite the raucous crowd there.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty close to a sellout for the games this weekend. And you know, one of the reasons Gopher fans are upset is because of the Sunday Monday series. And they wanna blame that on Big Ten Network or whatever, oh. but it's actually the school's Wham. choice. Yeah, exactly. When. Yeah. And and I think it's good for the school to to do their schedule, wait for the students get back because yes. you know atmosphere is everything. Especially for a team like this against a team like Minnesota. You know, if your building can get into it, you know, it's gonna give you a little bit extra energy. And it puts and, that
0: much more pressure on the gophers. I mean you oh, get sure. five, ten, fifteen minutes in the game and they don't have a goal. Uh that just just, uh, tremendous pressure comes down onto them.
2: And and I feel like at times that this team can, can have an ebb and flow based on
1: Mm -hmm. the atmosphere at home
2: away. I mean, we've seen it in in years past. I know that, that sometimes this team thinks that it's just going to kind of come to them and it doesn't. Uh, And I, and I think that's what happens sometimes when you get in those environments, especially where all of a sudden, every time you touch a puck, they're screaming and booing at you. And you don't, you don't know how to, how to react to that as much if you're not if you're not prepared for it. But it's not like this is it's not like you're going into Ralph Engelstead here where you know every time you know you're gonna boo in, they're gonna scream at you, throw at you, you know, throw stuff at you and, and whatever. <laughs> you're not prepared at what this is gonna be. So this is gonna be different.
0: UND D fans throw stuff?
2: No. <laughs>
0: they're all angels up there.
2: Well, you know, see, here's the thing. I'm trying to make friends with you guys, and so I knew if I insulted UND, <laughs> then maybe I'd uh, maybe I'd get on your good side.
0: Well, Hammy has a history with those UND fans. They <laughs> just love him, right, Hammy?
3: Yeah, well yeah. well now that Dave's here, I'll save my cheap shots for next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a
2: UND fan. <laughs>
3: Well, I know you're not, but I mean, apparently you're going to take over that role tonight for the uh, cheap shotting of UND, so, which is perfectly oh, fine so, <laughs> I'll So save, I'll save them for next week.
0: Well, I'll save it for next week. Remember, you can always send us questions via Twitter, at GopherPuckLive. I would have then uh, tell you about the voicemail, but nobody's doing it, you lazy slackers. Get up. Give, leave us a call. We'll put you on the air. We've got people done it in the past. Do it again. 320-321-9584. Leave a voicemail. We'll get you on the air. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Hey, uh, uh, Hammy, we got a tweet here. Should Lucia keep the line changes he made Saturday going forward? And he's kind of wondering, how do we jumpstart
3: Condon and Warning? Because, honestly, those two have kind of disappeared. Yeah, well, you, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, Warning had such a hot start to the season, and he's basically, you know, falling off. The, I mean, he's still leading the team in scoring, but, I mean, he hasn't really done a hell of a lot in the last, what, you know, four to six weeks, whatever it's been. And so that's been a little bit surprising. You know, on the flip side of the coin, it, it's been nice to see Rao kind of stepping up. It was nice to see him do well this last weekend. So hopefully that's kind of a, you know, kind of an omen for the future. And I, But, I mean, yeah, I think, I'm think i surprised Conan hasn't done as well. He actually – has not played very well. I was really disappointed with that that turnover. That I mean, I know it was a 2 on 0 the other direction, and, and people want to kind of blame it as a line change issue, which it was to some extent. But when you have the puck and you are get the long change, you have to get that puck deep and make sure that your guys can make that change. And Condon was screwing around too much at the blue line. And, and, I mean, that was kind of a problem. And it's been a problem the whole year for the team, I think, at times, is they've been turning the puck too much, t- turning it over too much at the blue line. Um, on our offensive blue line, it's going the other direction and creating opportunities for other teams. So they got to clean that up.
0: Viggs, what's happened to Condon's speed? You know, that was one thing we've seen in the past. You know, I'll never forget that uh, the West Regional against UND on the shorthanded, The kid just flew up the ice. The, the UND guy had no chance to score, makes the score 5-1. to one. The crowd goes crazy. This kid has had speed, and I just have not seen that speed this year.
1: Yeah, I think moving to wing this year has maybe been a little bit more of a challenge than he'd like to admit. I think he's a little more comfortable at center. Uh, Sometimes when you're playing center, it's a little bit easier to get into the game because you have that freedom to kind of get up and back and forth. And I think it's just been a struggle for him. And on Saturday, when he moved back to center, he looked a lot more comfortable. He made better decisions, and he looked faster. So I don't know if it's anything physical with him. I think it was more mental than anything, and, you know, camera out on clues, they kind of have that chemistry back and forth, and maybe he just got caught on the outside of that. And maybe putting him with Warren might uh, jumpstart both of them.
0: Well, that would be nice because those two have got skill, and maybe they just need to get that goal to get it off their shoulders or something. Who knows?
3: Well, and I like the line changes. I mean, I think they okay. needed I mean, to they, they shake it up, I think, to an extent. I mean, you can't just keep going if it's not working for a few guys. Um, but, you know, at the same time, they were getting scoring for pretty much all their lines. I mean, you know, especially that third line has been real good. So, you know, how much do you really want to tinker with things? I mean, you don't want to do it too much. So I, I could see tweaking it, but yeah. I wouldn't want to tinker with it too much.
2: I think and the I, thing that's – one of the things that's driving me nuts in the, in the the from what I've seen of Condon and in, 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 in different from years past is he's just not shooting as much. I mean, yeah. he just – his shots, and you know I'm just looking briefly at the shots if you look at the top you know six forwards, nine forwards, his shots on goal are just are down and i don't know if he's just missing the mark he's just not shooting, and neither is Sam Warner, it's just as much as he has in the past and and I think you know I think you make a good point I think the switch uh, to a different position to the wing has been it's a different it's different for him
0: and one thing about warning is that that's his bread and butter is shooting.
2: Yeah, yeah that's, he was that's really sniping, where he was that,
0: that First month he was sniping goals left and right.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that if you look back to even his junior hockey days, I mean, that was really where he was at his best with scoring goals and so um, you know, hopefully they're going to get on him and kind of pull the trigger, you know, it's like the old Wayne Gretzky saying about, you know, you're going to miss all you know, whatever that was, you know, you we can't you're going to miss all the shots you don't take, whatever it yep, is. Yep. I don't remember how he said it exactly, but um so I you know, I just think it's one of those situations where he's gotta start pulling a trigger. Some of these guys that have scored goals in the past, you know, they can't be deferring a puck as often. I think they try to be a little too cute with the puck. So um just start firing a puck and then going to the net hard. Things will happen. Yeah, I think
2: that's it's it's a hundred percent of the shots you don't take don't go in. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I know it was something like that. Fan. I'm a huge Gretzky fan. That's the only reason I know that one. Because all the <laughs> shots I took never went in when I played. That's why wow well vigo <laughs> have
0: your shots been going in for the rubes yet
1: you know i took last night off to watch a football game so, are you serious um, you skipped
0: so you skipped a hockey game to watch football
1: and it was a good one i think it was a good decision uh the rubes yeah. gave to a 6-6 tie so oh wow they did low seniors, scoring so yeah a lot of defense in the men's league you
0: <laughs> see, see dave the rubes is a hockey team that plays up in the super rink league that that you know vigo's part of i used to be part of and uh we're kind of vicariously living through Vigo since he still plays with the team, but I'm a little disappointed that he didn't play last night and
2: played football. a lot of good, a lot of good goalies in that league. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. A lot of big guts in that league. <laughs> Mine was one of them. And I I'm just, I'm too old for it now. Is
3: Plus, that the league? Is that the league with uh, North Dakota and UMD and those teams? <laughs> um no
0: comment (laughs) we do get nachos sometimes it's a super (laughs) (laughs) nachos and beer yeah well let's take advantage of uh mr dave schwartz here i have got some questions for you being mr tv guy
2: goodness all right
0: what is the deal with you and jared sebesta on twitter oh you two are back and forth all the time and i see this all the time you just get him going you're bitching about the weather, blah, blah, blah. It just seems like you guys, uh, it, it seems like fun, but sometimes it seems like you're serious.
2: No, no, actually, he and I are really, really good friends, actually. <laughs> we uh, we hang out a lot. Um, I like to get at him because I think being a meteorologist is the easiest job in the world. Yeah! Uh, uh, you, you so I'm like words. Fun of them as much as I can, and <laughs> he's a good sport about it. The only time I think I really miffed him a little is when he was he was taping weather updates, and I stole his clicker, <laughs> his little clicker that advances the graphics. He actually left it somewhere, and I saw it and grabbed it and and saw the opportunity ahead of me. And so as he was trying to record all of his updates at 930, he wanted to get it done so he could go watch basketball, Eww. which I didn't care about. But uh, he wanted to watch basketball. So I sat there, and I kept – so he'd start doing his weather forecast, and then I'd start f- frenetically – pushing the clicker and advancing all his graphics, and it took him three or four times before he realized that someone was doing that to him. Um, yeah, we have a lot of fun. He, he likes to come after me, and I like to go after him. But, but it's all, all, I promise, all in good fun.
3: <laughs> did he uh, sick uh, Belinda Jensen on you? Did he tell on you?
2: I, I wish, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so <laughs> he. Uh, we, we, we settled it like men. I don't remember what we did. I think I apologized. and Over he, a beer, I hope. I'm sure it was. Yeah. I'm sure we no Vigo, you gotta
3: Vigo, you gotta be careful now. I, I was taught by uh Belinda's husband at, at Carlson. He's a good guy. Oh good. Okay, Dave, yeah,
2: he's a very nice guy. A very Dave's nice
3: guy. a good guy. Oh,
0: okay. Now I understand that you get to go to Sochi, is this correct? Yeah, you've done your homework. I like this. Um That has yeah. gotta be exciting. Not not just you know as a professional thing, but just as a personal thing to to head over to, you know, way halfway across the world and see
2: the Olympic games. You know, I can honestly tell you, I don't know if Russia was ever on my bucket list, but I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm really excited to watch Olympic hockey, especially since, you know, half the women's team is Minnesotans and about three quarters of the men's team are Minnesotans. So I'm going to be, well, I I think I'm going to spend a lot of my time there, which is just great, but, um, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be the high point of my career so far. I think, um, I'm looking forward to it. In fact, I got you know a couple more weeks here to try to get everything in order, and there's a lot to go into it. But
0: so is it is it, is it you and a yeah, camera guy, and maybe it's, a producer, or is it three of you? I mean, how does this whole thing
2: work? Well, a lot different than it used to. It used to be there'd be a crew of about five or six people okay. that go. Now there's two of us. Okay. Uh, it's myself and a photographer uh, who also does social media. But I have um, you know now at the Olympics a lot of times that because it's so far away and because the Travel cost is so ridiculous that I'll I'll actually have a camera and shoot some stuff myself,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, which is you know it's a little camera it's it's easy and it's it's cost effective so you know you send two people instead of four uh, and then you still get to go so but that'll that's kind of way, you know back in the day they'd send ten fifteen people when they were you know when they were printing money but it's a little different these days as everything is but well, well plus um, I
0: would say it might be easier these days as well with the way the world communications are and uh, you know you, it just seems like it'd be easier to do something like this than it was back in the day, you know, with all these satellite trucks and all this strange stuff, it seems like it would be a little easier.
2: And, and not to get too, too technical, but honestly with, with my little camera and my laptop, it all fits in one backpack and it's, it's so insanely easy. And to be honest with you, um, it's kind of nice to just do it all yourself. You don't have to wait for someone to get ready, the producer to get you in the right spot, and the camera guy to get his focus. And I just click and go. And it, and the cameras are so easy that even a you know a dummy like me can use them. And uh, it's point and shoot, and it's it's really easy. And yeah, it's simple, and um, it's done and done. But it's a lot of fun. A lot of
0: curling so, co- coverage, I assume, as well, because you've been covering that a lot lately as well.
2: I'm I love. I'll tell you what, I am hooked on curling. Did you? I, I mean, were you doing it yourself? Did you get to try it? I had a yeah. I had uh, a couple, um, a couple of the women from the uh, the women's team yeah. uh, showed me, and that was I had a good time, and it's really interesting. I mean, it's it's a fun game. It's like shuffleboard on ice, but you can drink beer while you do it. So, <laughs> uh, it's a great game. Yeah, I've, I've really gotten very into it. I've gotten to, you know, it's 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 kind of neat. It's, it's a neat aspect of my job to be able to go and and all of a sudden learn from the best. It'd be like you know, being able to sit down on the ice with Zach Parisi before the Olympics and have him show me how to pick corners. You know, it's just, and, I, and so I got to talk to John Schuster, who's the skip of the men's team, and, and how he does things, and I, I, uh, Jessica Schultz, who's on the women's team, and she talked, we talked to her. You know, To be able to just go and, and talk to people who are at the top of their profession is so phenomenally interesting to me, and I've had a great time.
3: So what you're saying is at the Olympics, the curlers, instead of having Gatorade in their bottles, they have beer in their bottles?
2: <laughs> nice. Well, you know what, though? It, it, and what you don't realize, They don't because there's such an amazing science to it. I mean you're talking – and I didn't realize this, but you're talking centimeters where you have to hit that rock. You don't have a big window because if, if, if you miss it by an inch one way or a centimeter the other, it – Affects where the rock goes, how it comes off of it, how it hits the other rocks, and clears out the you know what they call the house, which is that big target. And it's, I mean, it's it's not easy. It, it really is. It looks super easy, but it's not. How much leeway do they get with the sweeping though? Because they yeah, I was going to say, can... what's a sweeper? Well, you can sweep as much or as little as you need to. But it's it's whether you want to slow the whether you want to slow the rock down, whether you want to speed it up, whether you want to try to make it curl a little, a little more to the left or go a little more to the right. There's even a science to the sweeping too.
1: Yeah, because I'm wondering, you know, how much depth they can, you know, give it or take it away with, you know, not sweeping or sweeping. Because well, you know, what it is They, they that, just judge it so well. Yeah, they judge
2: it because they know how long it should take for the rock to, how long it should take for it to leave the thrower's hand and and to make it down there to hit the rock, and then you and then you know what that speed needs to be. So that you can get the other rock to go off of it. But the ice is actually beaded. So it's not like the ice on a skating rink where you know, or on a hockey rink where it's completely smooth. It's actually beaded. So what you do when you sweep is you're actually wearing down those beads to get it to go faster or not doing that a lot so that it will stay the same speed or even slow down.
0: So by beaded, you mean it's like a texture? Yes. Okay.
2: It's like yeah. little pebbles of ice. Yep. Oh, I yep. see. There's a little texture on the ice. Wow. Very, we're getting a curling lesson in. Hey, this. no, I, I, I'm fascinated by it because you know when I
0: when I watch the Olympics, I I tend to watch all that other stuff that you never watch. Same thing with the Summer Olympics. And I've I've had myself on MSNBC at midnight watching live curling before yeah. during the Olympics because you know, it's just it's I find it fascinating. It's almost it- I was watching
1: the trials on CNBC. Oh, the trial. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I saw Schuster. You know, they had to come back. They had a three-game series, and they pulled it out. And it was exciting. That was a
2: crazy game. And Schuster's a very interesting. He, he's a really cool guy. He's very intense. And there was, you know, there's been a lot of uh, drama between he and Pete Fenson over the years. They used to be on the same team, and now they're not. Which they insisted both to me is just part of curling. But <laughs> you know, the other part of me says if you used to be on the same team and now you're not, then something didn't work. <laughs>
3: are they going to drop well, the gloves?
2: Yeah. <laughs> those rocks are pretty heavy, and you, know, you, you can throw those, and then you got the, the brooms to try to hit with. I don't know. I've never seen that happen. You never know, though. So do you have so anything?
3: You- oh, go ahead, I- Amy. I was going to say, are you heartbroken that you're not going to interview Lindsay Vaughn now?
2: You know what? I actually got to interview her already. Uh, oh, did once. you? Yes, and it was one of the few times in my life that I was starstruck because she is uh, she's something different than you've talked to before. She's, she's hot too.
3: She's,
2: <laughs> yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah, you can just she say what
3: you you can tell us what you mean. <laughs> she's,
2: she's, she's hot. Beautiful. We get it. Yeah, she's, she's very aware of of everything she's saying and going on and and um, how she can. Uh, she's very aware of how she's taken by people who are talking to her. She's very nice. She's incredibly kind and. We were there on a day that she was at Afton Alps when she was uh, meeting with some young kids and she stayed there an hour and a half past the time she was supposed to be there, signing autographs, taking pictures and everything for for a bunch of kids who just worshipped her and just – and a couple of uh, members of the media who were a bit starstruck by her. uh, (laughs) Like like you. (laughs) Yes. uh, Yeah. uh,
0: Do you think she's sick of the Minnesota thing though? Because no, you know because how we I'm, are here. we got to make everybody ours, yep. and she's been gone for quite recognizes some
2: time. That. I think she recognizes that that's an important part of her okay. and an important part of of her fan base because, I mean, I could tell you when Lindsey Vaughn skis, it always gets huge numbers here in Minnesota. Or when yeah. we put any story up on our website on care it gets huge hits. People here are – and so that's a big part of her fan base, and she's very careful, I think – to feed her fan base and never alienate anybody. She's, she's, it's very, it's a very exceptional, takes a very exceptional person to be as good at athletics as she is and as good at ski, her sport as she is, but also be so cognizant and so good as at the business side of it and the perception side of it.
0: And now she's got the whole Tiger Woods thing and that's just gotta change the dynamic even more with her.
2: You'd think so. But she, I, you know, as far as I can tell, she, she, she doesn't talk about it. It doesn't come up. That's mm-hmm. just kind of personal life and you know, she just happens to be dating Tiger Woods. <laughs> just just happens to be dating Tiger Woods. Who's also a pretty big deal in his own right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was good at one time. Yeah, he's a little overrated was- <laughs> now. <laughs> so, what are your plans for Sochi? Do you have any Obviously, you're going to be following a lot of the, you know, the hockey and the and, and the curling. Is do you have any other things that you want to get out and see and report on that uh, you could give us a little hint on.
1: Yeah, who are you know, the other Minnesotans for medal? Pardon? And who are the other Minnesotans we're looking for to get medals? Yeah, I mean, we'll talk. I think both
2: of the curling teams have a pretty good shot. Um, I think the women's team might have a better shot than than the men's team, but that all depends on how well they play as far as curling. Um, uh, Leif Nordgren is an interesting guy. He's a biathlete uh, from um, Marine on St. Croix. And, um, he's actually, he's young, he's just 24 year old kid. And, uh, he says, he insists to me that that's actually a disadvantage in his sport. So we'll be, although, I mean, he's very good and he qualified and, you know, they really think very highly of him. So he has a pretty good shot. Um, not much in the speed skating side. I will tell you that, that actually, we, we talked to a couple speed skaters and we just never, none of them ended up making the team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of skiers, but mainly it's curling hockey and and biathlon and I'll, and I'll be working you know we'll do other things we'll do kind of slice of life stories where we'll show you the venues in Sochi and the area around cuz I think a lot of people don't understand that this is you know this is going to blow your mind of what your notion of Russia is because it's actually on the black sea so there's palm trees and it's a vacation really? area yeah and it doesn't get any colder than 30 degrees and it doesn't get any warmer than 50 it, unless you go up into the mountain cluster, where there it's a little bit.
1: Wow. It's, it's kind of like cold.
2: Denver, isn't it a little bit like, you know? Rocky yeah, I really mean, resorts. It's, yeah, it is. It's it's like Denver meets Key West. If you could do both things, is basically what it is. And so it's it's really so we'll do a lot of that. Um, I, you know, I'm a foodie. I like food. A <laughs> lot of different food. So I am guaranteed I'll give you a taste of what Russian food's going to be. I don't quite know how I'm going to do that. Vodka. Um, Probably. I think that you, <laughs> Hammy, <laughs> you, know, you got trouble. a theme going tonight, don't you? <laughs> In trouble. I well, think, you think um, Russia, you know? Yeah, you do. Yeah. And I'm sure that's part of it, too. But um, yeah, I mean, and a lot of it will just kind of develop as I get over there. You know, that's, yeah. And
0: that's kind of one of the things that you, you, new stories will pop up, you know, uh, things unexpected will pop up. And uh, who knows what this, you know, obviously Little, Put, Putin and his social things have been quite the story too and you that might even come up so
2: yeah i really hope it doesn't cuz yeah. i like to stick to sports but we'll see i have a, I have a feeling but if
0: you're there i mean you're you're
2: the guy <laughs> yeah, they're going to they're going to ask us and and it'll be interesting cuz that is that's really other than you know the uh, two random suicide bombings that happened a couple weeks ago that is the biggest question right now is is you know what's going to happen with the, the the gay athletes and people want to know and and how that's going to uh, play out and so um yeah there there's a there are some things that are sure to happen over there that we didn't expect
0: i think putin will be on his best behavior he he wants to look good for the world and he's already been doing that by uh obviously setting a lot of people free in his country so yeah i think he'll be on his best behavior because he knows the world's eyes are on his country so
2: yeah this is his show and yep. this is his chance to show everybody that russia's great and and he's got i mean let's not forget this guy was with the kgb so he's got um He's got some connections to do what he needs to do to take care of business in Russia.
0: <laughs> Dave Schwartz, don't let him in. <laughs> don't get arrested. Don't yeah, get don't the get arrested. In the gulag.
2: <laughs> don't, Be very careful
1: see. how you tweet. <laughs>
2: you know, it's, as they give you all, you know, when you, when you get ready to go, they you have to do this safety course, and NBC Universal sends you these emails, and, and one of the things is, it's like they tell you is if you see a a, um, a rally going on or a protest, walk away. Don't go wow. near it. Don't talk politics with anybody. <laughs> don't talk about your sexual preference with anybody. <laughs> it's just crazy stuff that you wouldn't think of. But yeah, you just you just keep your mouth shut and keep your head down. Well, you've
0: got to be just really jacked up about going. I mean, it sounds like a great opportunity for you.
2: I am. I'm excited. I mean, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. I really am. Well, guys, so, we've.
0: G- I got one. I got Oh, one you more. got one more. Go yeah.
3: ahead. I want to know, Dave, what it's like to work with a babe like Rena ha! <laughs>
2: i i will tell you um she a hockey she, fan what she, not she is kind of uh she's getting there her her uh she she is becoming a, a good hockey fan but whatever you think of her on tv she's actually even cooler off with the camera cool. she is without a doubt one of the coolest people i've ever met she loves she loves football big nfl football fan um so she's just a good person yeah if you uh If you haven't met her, you should because she's really cool. She's very nice and very cool, and we have a lot of fun. She's an awesome person to work with.
0: Well, that's great. Well, we appreciate you joining us today with a little hockey talk, but it's kind of fun to talk this Olympic stuff, and uh, it's really nice to have a hockey guy in the media supporting us. Hey, guys, no problem. Anytime you want me back, just let me know. It's fun. (laughs) Because, uh, you know, it's just, like I said, we've, we've got our own little Jeff Dubay out there, and he's coming back. And actually, we might have him yeah. on the podcast in the next couple of weeks because he's obviously a diehard gopher guy. But like I said, it's nice to have you out there. And, you know, I saw you at, uh, you know, covering the women's hockey team last year. You know, you were doing live remotes from, from Ritter Arena. And I, yeah. I, I didn't come up and introduce myself because you look like you're really busy. But uh, it goes – sh-
2: It's you yeah, It's amazing. mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know I can act sometimes. I figure if I look,
0: see, I can't get in trouble. But it's it's nice to have someone in the media who supports our uh, our love for hockey and uh, you're a hockey guy, so that's why we wanted to have you on. So,
2: my pleasure. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it, and I uh, I do love go for puck lies. So keep up the good work. Well, we
0: try to. You know, Vigo does the writing. Hammy keeps the controversy going with all the recruiting information, and I just take pictures at the game. So.
2: So. Hammy's, Hammy's my guy. We, we have uh, <laughs> been in contact a number of times. He's helped me out with some stuff. So. I Hammy, think Hammy I always-
0: works for the KGB because he has so many sources with for Hockey. Connection. It's ridiculous.
2: I always appreciate your uh, your your nuggets of information, Hammy. Uh, thank you very much. I try to do my best,
3: and I try to help out when I can. And I, I'll, I'll remember that the next time I come knocking on Kara Levin's doors trying to get in <laughs> for a tour or whatever.
2: Let me know. I'll come let you in.
3: <laughs> okay, I'll hold you to that. Hi, I'm right. I'm, I'm only about a quarter or half mile away. So oh, you know, geez. I know. no, he's going to
0: start stalking you now. Well, <laughs> oh, there's better people to stock. I can help
2: you.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's going to you to get to That's all he's okay. doing. Well, I, you know, that's it for this week's GPL podcast. Obviously we didn't talk about Penn state much because we just have no clue what's going to happen with them. And uh, we'll talk about it more next week when uh, they're done. Obviously it's a Sunday, Monday series, don't make it a big deal folks. Cause it's not just enjoy the games. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking with, uh, hopefully Mr. Ryan Cardinal, who will be coming back for our 50th podcast. Um, so Ryan's going to be joining us next week. Uh, he's not working for the Vikings, so he's got plenty of yeah, time. Yeah. He's got the time now. So he'll, uh, he'll be coming back as a little reunion for our, since he was back here at the beginning of the GPL podcast and, uh, and obviously, we'll preview the big outdoor game coming up and, uh, and what have you. Thank you, Dave, for joining us. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. I'll well, see you guys at the outdoor game. Yes, you will. All right. Until then, thanks for listening.